0: and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Happner. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Victory Podcast. Matt here, Braden here. Hey, everybody.
1: <laughs> We're still you? eating the high chews. Two <laughs> weeks later, still eating There's the high chews. a Hi-Chews. huge pile of wrappers next to me. It's, it's, um a little bit of shame maybe we should talk about that (laughs) (laughs) maybe we need to go find a food a junk food podcast maybe we do yeah (laughs) oh man it's funny
0: i never have high chews other than at the hafner house yeah Yeah. at the at the pure victory podcast headquarters this is our this is the bunker yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but it's good there's worse things than snacks for a couple hours
1: that's right yeah this makes these enjoyable Absolutely. Not that it isn't enjoyable. We love talking and hanging out with you, uh, all wherever you are. Thanks for doing that. Um, but yeah, a little bit of snacks. They, uh, yeah, it's why not? Snacks are good. Why not? Why <laughs> not? I
0: used to feel ah. Still sometimes I feel guilty eating food, but I remember when I was overdoing it more. I felt like one time God put on my heart. Hey, you know, if you don't overdo it, you don't know, feel guilty when you do do it. <laughs> i was like oh that's good i appreciate that
1: yeah true he wants
0: us to enjoy things that was i think
1: one of the points that's right things in life that's right i can enjoy my high chews okay exactly if you're listening listening, you don't know what a high chew is okay it's something i think they're they're from i don't know where they're from southeast asia somewhere but we have them in canada costco carries them and they're delicious they're little i don't know fruit kind of gummy things they're really good very sticky very sticky very good coffee i don't know Yeah. yeah
0: yeah anyways Absolutely. I think that's the third time you've described high-choos on the podcast. They're not even
1: paying us anything. We're missing out here. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's get going. We're
0: (laughs) we're getting a little aroused by these high-choos here. So let's talk about arousal and what that might look like. or sexual arousal and sexual desire. So many people we we don't even consider, really. Is there a difference? Mm -hmm. Um, Man, I'm aroused by this person. That must be what I desire, right? And I think it's so important. Well, it is so important to identify the differences and to to get to know yourself one of the coolest things of walking with guys and even for my own self and in, in just what we do is guys all the time are like i'm getting to know myself for the first time I, and for me i've gotten to know myself um just working through this this journey of healing the heart and um you know i always say i quit porn and then i started learning uh then i started healing the heart um, a lot of people heal the heart in their process of quitting but but uh, for me, it was quit porn. And then I've been on a journey ever since, really, of just healing. And, and it's cool. You just get to know yourself. So with our sexual desire, sexual arousal, they're two different things. And um, they can be in tandem, work in tandem together. And they can also work um, against each other. Mm-hmm. And right. so it's really cool to, uh, to get to know ourselves
1: and what our desires are and what our arousal is. And so, um, yeah, it'll be good stuff. Yeah, when I was growing up, <clears throat> my teen years, I was really confused when it comes to arousal and desire. Um, I thought that desire, having sexual desire, was a dirty thing. You know, it was a temptation that I had to battle. And while the actions that we we um engage in out of that can be wrong, can lead us like like masturbation and looking at porn or even into later in 18 years, some of this happens where you start experimenting and, and sleeping around. Um the desire the the deeper part of that is God given, um, a desire for deeper connection. Um, but often we, we infuse arousal and desire together and see them as the same thing, especially in formative years. And if you thought like I did that, Hey, this is something that isn't God given. God turns his back when I have a sexual desire or, you know, he's not in that that's not true. Um, and so that's why we need to, a big difference between arousal and desire. Um, Both have, you know, God has designed us to be aroused. God has also designed deeper rooted desires within us that are supposed to draw us to right living and right relationship um, and to be connected, have intimacy with our spouse. And that's, those are good things. And sometimes we miss that, you know, when we get an erection, when we're growing up we get ashamed. We are like, what is happening to my body? <laughs> and, um, maybe you see a pretty girl walk by and you get aroused by that. You feel guilty, you feel down on yourself. And, and really, you know, sometimes that belief, um, becomes this, it becomes this forbidden fruit kind of thing, right? Where, you know, arousal is, you know, we feel guilty about it, but then we, we, we don't really understand it. So we don't want to explore it. And it becomes this thing like forbidden fruit where, you know, you, you have such a strong desire to explore this, but, You don't know how to talk about it. So when something's not talked about, assumption is made. Um, When something isn't thought about or prayed about or, uh, you know, when you invite God into that, you adopt some beliefs and some things about it that aren't true. So that's what I did, right? Like I had arousal and desire or whatever else in my formative years, but I didn't invite God into that. And often it was taught at that time, you know, especially in the church, the purity culture was really big. Um, that, you know, you have to battle temptation. If you have these desires, arousal, whatever else, then that's wrong. And, you know, there was this teaching and at least that's the way I heard it. (laughs) I don't know about you, Matt, but that's how I heard it. And Mm -hmm. so I developed some wrong beliefs about desire, sexual desire. I thought it wasn't something from God. And then when you believe that, you start to look to other places to to make sense of this. And often that's where porn informs our understanding or the world, movies, whatever else, informs our understanding of what arousal and desire is. And then we start to think, hey, arousal, as we move into our adult years, this is what the culture teaches anyway, that if you're aroused by something, that means a deeper thing, that um, that must be something that's part of my identity. You know, I'm aroused by this. So it's virtuous for me to pursue that. Just like we think we do everything we can to pursue happiness, which <laughs> God never calls us to pursue everything we can do to pursue happiness, right? But that comes out of another wrong belief. So it's the same thing with arousal. We start to believe that it's virtuous. If we're aroused by something, then that's a greater uh, commentary on my identity and who I am. So I have to live that out. And that's not true. I mean, God gives us boundaries in our life, not because he's some sort of killjoy, because he loves us. And he has given us sexual desire. So we have to invite God into the understanding of what arousal and desire is.
0: It's so unfair for junior high boys a, to go, hey, we're going to have a school dance. <laughs> boys, you're going you're gonna to get together and dance with your classmates. <laughs> like, yep. Oh my goodness. How many of these boys are like, are you kidding?
1: I can't get too close To this no, girl No you better wear Some tight underwear boys Cause uh, I mean I, I don't know if you When you were in junior high Guys would wear these Like um, track pants Yeah And when lightning strikes You guys oh. know what I'm Talking about right They'd be trying to hide it In the hallway And rock in the class You know what was going
0: on Man yeah. I remember going, I remember wearing sweats All the time <laughs> In my generation I don't know if we still do In this year But, yeah. but and then we'd have Like sort pajama day Or sweat oh, yeah, day And everyone like would It's like what the heck Were we even thinking oh, I know It's constantly oh, guys man. hiding things doing the doing the uptuck putting it between the, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> between the, <laughs> the strategies yeah
1: yeah little things you do to just to make do right
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's funny but you're not these guys they're not necessarily desiring all of these classmates no but they're aroused
1: they're aroused yeah
0: why are they aroused because there's sexual or there's physical touch there's just a there's touch you close to someone. Um, there's there's chemical reactions in our brain.
1: Visually, we're stimulated.
0: Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. so there's just different things. But that doesn't mean that that's the desire, just because there's an arousal. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I mean, there's there's even just there's this is the reality too. If you're a parent, and was, especially if you're a dad, but if you're a mom, I guess you'd know this too. But if you're a parent, like a lot of dads will get um, erections when they're just wrestling with their kids. It doesn't mean that they're sexually desiring them, that they're a nope. pedophile. It means that there's physical touch yeah. and that's just a natural bodily mm-hmm. reaction. And it doesn't mean anything more than that. And so there, and then there's little, like little babies, right? Or toddlers, boys, they yeah. get erections. It's like, it
1: doesn't mean that something's wrong. It actually means no. that something's right because yeah. there's just arousal in the body. What was it I heard a stat, maybe I'm going to butcher this, but men on average get an erection. How, how often? I think it's, um, well, some people say 11, some people say like 6 to 10, but yeah, you know, is that the number just, that you heard? Something like that, yeah. Just every day we get a certain amount of erections, and often yeah. it has nothing to do with anything. It's yeah. just part of our you know physiology. It's I mean, just think about
0: this. In. When you're sleeping, you get like a guy will get like 3 to 5 erections mm-hmm. in the night mm-hmm. when they're sleeping. And that doesn't mean you're sexually desiring something. It just no. means that there's arousal there. And so some of this stuff, if you're listening, you might be like, well, that's common sense. Of course, I know that. But if you're thinking that, I want you to consider, did you ever think about the difference between your desire and your arousal. Because if you're aroused by something sexually, that doesn't actually mean it's your desire. It means that it's your arousal. And your arousal can take over because it's it's more of a bodily thing and it's a lustful thing if it's not stewarded correctly. And so if it's stewarded correctly, your arousal can lead to your desire is being fulfilled. So your desires to get more into it would be like, your desire is a connection, your desire is emotional Closeness, or spiritual oneness, or relationship with people—maybe you have a um, an arousal template where your your natural, um, you know, things that you're attracted to are a specific look in a person, or um, a specific personality, or mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And so, there's an arousal template where there's there's God-given desires in that, and stewarding that well could lead to your desires being fulfilled. But stewarding that incorrectly will lead to simply you a- acting on arousal. Yeah with people that you're not close with and then your desires get crushed even more because you're like, man, this is the thing that should lead to connection, but it doesn't. I just feel disconnection and I feel more alone than I did before I hooked up with this person simply based on arousal. Mm -hmm. And so then people get jaded towards sex and there's even porn stars that come out of the industry and they're like, man, I'm asexual. I'm not like, I'm not gay. I'm not straight. I don't want to have sex with anybody because it's been arousal, 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 and then they don't ever, considered their actual God-given desires yeah. and so that gets trampled on and they're just like sex means disconnection sex means trauma sex means hurt or sex is just something that I do just like brushing my teeth and just doesn't mean anything anymore and it's so sad because they've never learned how to have their arousal lead to a God-given desire being fulfilled yeah. and so it's really important because on the, the the reverse of that is that when it's done in a healthy way our, our arousal could be um, something where we feel, you know, sexual, We maybe we feel horny, we feel a sexual desire, or whatever, or, or, yeah, we, we just want to be with our spouse in that way. And so it leads to our desires, our God-given heart desires being fulfilled. But it could also be that our God-given desires leads to arousal. We're with this person that we feel close with, and we feel one with, and we're connecting mm-hmm. with them on a heart level. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, I'm aroused by this person um, that I'm married to. And, and so, uh, well, and it can also be you're aroused by people that you're not married to if you're emotionally connecting with them. And so there's, there's, it's just so important to be aware of the distinction, yeah. to go, okay, I'm not going to act on my arousal enough unless it's proper and healthy and godly and good time. Um, but I can recognize the desires that I have, and it just doesn't mean I need to necessarily act on the arousal.
1: Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind is uh, often when we... We label something as bad or not good or whatever else. You need to understand something when it comes to arouse and desire. Like the enemy of our soul, Satan. He can't create. He can't create anything. He can only twist and distort. Um, so when we are aroused, that is a physiological response to something God designed us to be aroused. at points our desire. I mean, the same thing. That is God given. Something deep innate in in each one of us. Um, and so. There are things, though, that maybe have been twisted within us. Maybe we've experienced some past trauma, some past abuse. Um, something has happened to us in the past, maybe a sexual awakening when I was too early as a kid. Yeah. And that is informing our arousal template. You know, maybe, uh, and, and that's been distorted. So we have to pray into some of these things. But one of the things, because sometimes you'll, if that's the case, maybe there's something inside you that arouses you and you know that's not right. That doesn't mean that arousal is evil. It means that, Whatever you are aroused by, we have to pray into that because sometimes it is linked to something that has happened to us, something that we've seen too early. Like maybe you've been exposed to porn at the early formative years of your life. You saw something you weren't ready to see and that uh, really impacted you. We know that. Like those early images that we take in in our formative years really burn into our brain and they can really... really press on us in a way that we start to try to recreate what we've seen, that excitement. Um, and so that can become part of our arousal template. We're trying to recreate something that we once saw that we were once made curious by, or um, something tweaked within us when we saw that we, we, we liked it, you know, or we curious about it. We wanted you know, we want to see more of that. So, you know, we need to think through some of those things and understand that the desire is deeper. Um and you know it's something that's God given and that can too be twisted. Um, for instance, you might have a desire for, you know, a God-given desire would be to be intimate with your spouse, to be deeply one with your spouse. That's a good thing. And that's sexually what God has designed us to do, to have one partner with our spouse and to really bond and bind with that one person. Um, now we might have the desire, but the connection aspect gets twisted. So we want connection. But we live that out by sleeping with numerous people, trying to find that one connection that will make it all right. Fill that void. Be the answer to whatever we're looking for. And you just can't find it. Because what happens over time is if you live unhealthily out of that desire, your brain becomes wired for novelty. And you actually develop attachment disorder where you can't connect to anybody. Because if you have sex with multiple partners over time, over and over and over again, your ability to bind to that person each time that you have sex diminishes. And so you're trying to live out of a good desire for connection, but you're doing it in all the wrong ways. So when we come to desire, we have to understand what is a good godly desire and then live out of that. And then our arousal, once we understand that, we understand why we're aroused in certain things. Like God has given us arousal in a sense, like when am I aroused um, by my wife, my desire for her increases in the sense of wanting to be intimate with her. So I want connection with her. God's giving me arousal as a means to pursue her, right? I'm, I'm a see her, and, you know, I want to be intimate with her. So then I, I, I engage in that activity, which is good. Um, so once we get this healthy, once, once God works in this and we allow him into this area, um, then that's when we, we see these things lived out in a proper way. But often all of us have some baggage in these areas. We all do because we have experienced sin in our life we have had things done to us and we have engaged in things that we did that were sinful. So we just got to own that. We did. Um, Matt and I, we, when we, the healing journey, we had to discuss what our arousal templates were and see the brokenness in some of those areas and learn through that. Right. And, and those of you that are struggling with porn, it's an important thing to learn about our arousal template because those are the things that can trigger us to go back to our drug and, and learn what those are so that we can invite God into that.
0: Yeah. It's really important. That's the sad thing when there's people that are sexually abused, because abusers will use this and use it against people. Like, oh, like you must have, you must have enjoyed this, Um, especially guys where they can feel the pleasure in the same scenario where they're getting abused. It's really confusing, and and an abuser will will use that against them. And a lot of guys like, all right, I guess I do like it, and they just kind of give in and lead to, you know, so many different encounters, sexual encounters that mimic that abuse, even though it's now consensual because they're like, well, I must have liked it. And the pleasure really is there. It is, there are just parts of it that feels good. It's really sad. But to understand that's not your desire. That's that's just a natural physiological reaction that your body has to touch where you get aroused. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that that's, that that's your desire and the, and the direction that you should go. And so arousal is in the body, but your desire is really in the heart. What's in the heart? Um, you, could, you could also ask yourself, like, why do you want sex? If you were to say one thing about why do you want sex, what is it? Hmm. Um, is it the connection or is it just the physical pleasure? If it's the pleasure, Braden was asking me this, like, would, what would you want more? An emotional connection with the one you're married to with no sex or the physical pleasure with someone that you're not connected to? Yeah, And that would answer the question, why do you want sex? Because if you're thinking it's the pleasure, it's like, well, on a heart level, though, maybe it's that you want the emotional connection. And maybe you really do want the pleasure, but then that can lead to the connection. And that's where the arousal can lead to the desire being fulfilled. And so I hope that this can take away some guilt and shame that you might feel as you're listening um, around your desires, because your desires can be really healthy, but sometimes skewed when we've given into a perverted arousal um, or an arousal that's been perverted in, in our behavior mm-hmm. for so long. And then all of a sudden we're like, man, God, take my sexual desires away. Take <laughs> right. my sex drive away. It's yeah. like, no, let's no. learn to steward it well. Let's yeah. learn to be healthy and not have it be perverted. Yeah. And so it's such a gift from God to give us this sexual desire, but it's there's so much purpose to it. And it's not just for married people. It's this sexual drive and, and, and desire that lead us ultimately to be satisfied in God and then satisfied with each other and learn how to die to ourselves mm-hmm. and learn how to how to bring pleasure and satisfaction to our to the one that we're that we're married with and there's so much purpose to it and so if you're if you've been praying like God take this desire from me, take this temptation from me, take this sex drive from me we just want to encourage you to stop with that. And just pray to God and say, "Can you teach me how to steward well my my arousal and my desires? How to understand what's healthy and what's not, yeah. and how to carry out um, a healthy a healthy behavior or healthy yeah. way of living?"
1: That's a, that's great. Because I mean, even with arousal, I know some people will pray, "I don't want to be aroused by this anymore. God, take this arousal from me." And often we we pray that and it's just a, it's kind of a surface level thing when God actually wants to get to the roots and the depths of what's going on for you. And we just stop there. So, you know, I think that we need to pray into what, what is causing that arousal. Where is that from? Because it can be kind of a clue for us that God is, you know, wanting to work in and, and go deeper in our hearts because arousal is just a physiological response to something, Um but what is that thing? And, you know, why are we aroused by that? And um, so the fact that you're aroused isn't, isn't you know, that's not the thing. It, it's the, the, really what is going on on a deeper level is what we need to be getting at. So that's the key, you know. And I love what you're talking about, Matt, you know, how connection is the, the deeper desire of our heart in these areas. And, you know, when you ask that question, what do you want when it comes to sex? Or why do you want sex, I should say? Um, really good question. And, um, it's, uh, I think that that gets us to the heart of, you know, how God created us and the desires he's given us in our heart. And when you ask those questions, um, cause sometimes we just think society's taught us, I just want an orgasm. I just want to get off. That's why I want sex. It just feels good. Yeah, sure. It does go deeper, go deeper though. You know, why, what, why would God make sex pleasurable? Why would he do that? He could have made us like any other mammal out there where it's not pleasurable, you know? Why did God give the female a clitoris? She's the only one in all of God's creation. We're talking mammals and, and, and like versus humans. Humans are the only ones, female, that has a clitoris. Why? Why? And we need to ask these questions.
0: Because so, it's got 8,000 nerve endings <laughs> and God wants guys to get on her nerves.
1: <laughs> That's right. Oh my goodness. What a joke, eh? You've had too much sugar today. That's too many high chews. It's that's your the, fault. That's the, that's the result of that. But yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like why do we, why are, God, did God design us that it is pleasurable? We need to start asking those questions on a deeper level because he doesn't turn his back in the bedroom. Um, he designed us that it is pleasurable, but there's a purpose in that pleasure. It's not just for my good. It's not just so I get off. There's a greater, deeper meaning in this. And, and that's where we need to get to learn the desire component of this. Because if all you think about when it comes to sex is the orgasm, you're missing out on a lot. And if you're not married and hearing that, you may not get to that extent, but it's still important that we explore these questions and invite God into them and say, what is the desire that you have given me, God? Pray that. You know, ask Jesus to just come into that. Show you what is the desire. And I think as we we learn that, we're able to harness our arousal in a much healthier way and as well center our desire, um, at least bring truth into that because we will live out of whatever the beliefs come out of that desire. And sometimes they are broken beliefs. So, you know, we need to, you know, unpack those beliefs that that stem from that godly desire because sometimes they are broken. and, And that's really important to do because... I've been around guys who have been living their whole life. I mean, I remember when I was younger. They would sleep around a lot, a lot. They were searching, they were looking for a connection. they could never find it. But what does society tell them? what is their beliefs out of their desire that well if you sleep with many girls you're you're a man. you sleep with a lot of girls, it feels good, and that's the conquest of it. like it you know you you're able to bed a lot of girls. that means that you're you know you got what it takes, whatever it is. Um, it feels good. Like they don't go any deeper than that. And they do themselves a lot of disservice, a lot of harm, a lot of damage. Um, if they were to learn what the desire really is, what God has given them, they could be lived out in a healthy way where they're not searching for the rest of their lives, never able to connect to anybody. So that's, that's why we need to understand what is a godly desire and how to live out of that.
0: Absolutely. So I hope that helps. Hey, I have a question for you. Would you be willing to share this podcast with a couple of people? You can just share share the podcast from the app that you're on. Share the link, purevictorypodcast.com. Uh, there are people out there who need this teaching. There are people out there stuck in lies, stuck in bondage, and really don't know where to turn, and you don't necessarily know who those people are that are struggling, but if you've got a couple people in your life that uh, that you feel comfortable with to share this podcast, that might change a life. I remember um, there was a wife that emailed me and she said, I will forever be grateful that we were shown restored ministries from a pair of dear friends of ours. And a lot of people get that with the podcast too. This particular couple was just restored and now they've taken in the podcast, but this thing is changing lives. We're hearing really cool stories. And so you can be part of that just from simply sharing this uh, and spreading the word. So if you'd be willing to do that and leave a review on the app, that would be awesome. And we're so grateful that You've been here today taking this in and feel free to also go uh, take in another episode if you mm-hmm. haven't listened to all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a great week. God bless. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.